What's going on, guys? In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about some guys, running backs, receivers, and quarterbacks that I view as popular. I mean, I'm sorry, profitable, not popular. Uh, and what I mean by profitable, and kind of just to give you the criteria of where I'm going with this episode, I'm going to use a criteria that's basically where they're being drafted currently in terms of ADP and compared to where they either finished the season last year or in some cases, more importantly, where they finished the final five to seven, eight games or whatever it might have been that uh, kind of to show the profitability in each player. I'm going to talk about a couple of quarterbacks first, and then I will get into um, some running backs and wide receivers as well. So first off, quarterback, Dak Prescott. I'm not a quarterback early, guys. You guys know, right? But Dak Prescott finished in terms of fantasy points per game as the QB1, right? If he was to qualify for uh, for that in terms of the entire season, he, he averaged almost 28 points per game in the five games that he played. And he has a fifth round ADP right now. Dak Prescott is going after Kyler Murray. There's a legitimate chance, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to bash on Kyler Murray. I'm just saying I would much rather have, excuse me, I'd much rather have Dak Prescott than Kyler Murray. I think there's a legitimate chance Dak Prescott finishes as the quarterback one. So when you look at it, taking him in the fifth round isn't a bad value, right? If you're sitting there and you're like, man, there's nothing I'm really excited about here in the fifth round, why not take Dak? You know, I mean, that's not something I'm I'm necessarily going to bang the table for, but it's also not something I'm necessarily against. And same with Lamar Jackson in that regard. So Lamar is the second guy I'm going to talk to or talk about here. He also has a fifth round ADP. Over the last five weeks, this guy was the QB2 in fantasy points per game. I I just posted last night on the Instagram and Twitter that he literally had more rushing yards than Ezekiel Elliott on like 85 fewer carries. So Lamar Jackson, if he's able to run the ball that kind of consistency in terms of volume, right, to get him another 1,000 rushing yards, it's just a cheat code to have him as your quarterback because he usually throws a decent amount of touchdown passes as well. So it's like... I could see this year them running a little bit less, but I could all in terms of learning Lamar Jackson, I could also see them throwing it a little more and a little bit more dynamically. So uh, with the addition, I mean, that something that I think is not talked about enough in terms of offseason additions is what the Ravens have done to their receiving core, adding Sammy Watkins and also adding Rashad Bateman is a pretty big addition there in Baltimore. Especially when you consider that they still, it's not like they lost anyone. They're still bringing everyone else back. So I like Lamar Jackson. You know, if you're if you're one of those guys that is a big-time quarterback early guy, I don't think Lamar Jackson is a bad decision there in the fifth round. Again, he's going after Kyler Murray. I believe he's also going after Dak Prescott or maybe right before. In any case, Lamar Jackson, if you were going to draft a quarterback early, and I'm talking fifth round, not before, or if you were lucky enough, like what if you're sitting at the top of the sixth round and you're lucky enough to have him fall in your lap? I don't think that's a bad move. So, um, yeah. So that's it for the quarterbacks. I'm going to move on to some other guys. Obviously, you guys know uh, I love Matthew Stafford, but I can't give you any. He doesn't meet the criteria for this episode. So Matthew Stafford, I noticed that his ADP, I believe, has gone from the ninth round up to the eighth now. I did notice that this morning. But in general, I can't. um, Again, he doesn't meet the criteria for this episode, but I just will use this time as another chance to tell you draft Matthew Stafford, (laughs) especially even in the eighth round. It's totally fine with me. Okay, next guy I'm going to talk about is a running back. First running back on the list here is Alvin Kamara. I mean, that might seem obvious, but look, he was the RB1 in total points last year, total fantasy points. And he was the RB2 in half PPR fantasy points per game, only 
0.2 points per game behind Dalvin Cook. So you might say, well, Alvin Kamara, everyone knows he's good. He's right now going as the RB4 behind CMC, Dalvin, and um, Derrick Henry. So in my opinion, and then in some cases, he's even going after Saquon. So I, as much as I love Saquon Barkley and I acknowledge that he has a chance to finish as the RB1, as much as I love Dalvin Cook and all these guys, if it's a full PPR league, I'm taking Alvin Kamara first. I really am. And, and the reason I say that even over Christian McCaffrey, maybe not over Christian McCaffrey, but the the argument that I would make from that standpoint would be that McCaffrey missed some games last year. Kamara doesn't miss games, like unless it's the season finale and, he, and he's sitting out. He hasn't done that his entire career, right? So so that, again, the best ability is availability. And then Alvin Kamara has been a guy that it's just the way that he plays the game doesn't equate to injury quite that often meaning like you don't ever see him take a big shot you know and he's not trying to run over people but he's just a slippery guy so the the tackles made on him are like the most gentle of tackles that that running backs take if that makes any sense but anyways i like alvin kamara in terms of the profit there from going rb4 maybe even rb5 as a guy that could easily finish as the rb1 i think the the Maybe the concern with that is that Drew Brees is no longer there and it'll be Jameis Winston. But I can assure you this, Sean Payton's going to have ways to get Alvin Kamara the football. And that's just that, right? And same with Michael Thomas. And um, I mean, that really is this Saints offense. So those two guys will touch the ball. Number four is David Montgomery. Okay, Montgomery finishes the RB7 and half the BR fantasy points per game last year. And over the final five weeks, he was the RB3 in that regard, 239 fantasy points per game he's being drafted as the rb20 so there is a considerable amount of profit there in my opinion in terms of david montgomery and and i know i, I posted about him the other day and some people were saying oh it's not Tariq cohen that we're worried about it's the um i can't remember his name right now the kid from virginia tech i believe they just drafted in like the seventh round along with damian williams guys um those dudes are are solid you know depth pieces to the running back position but the Bears feature running backs in terms of being on the football field every single week will be David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. And mainly it'll be David Montgomery. I think he's going to touch the ball 17 plus times per game. And I think it'll be consistent, especially with a lot of times having a young quarterback helps young coaches that weren't necessarily running the ball as much as they maybe should have, because it's like, okay, Young quarterback, we have to run the football a little bit more. I think that's a blessing in disguise for the Bears because that is something that uh, – and, again, I believe Justin Fields is going to start most of this season. I know Matt Nagy is right now banging the Andy Dalton drum as the starter all year long. I get that. I just don't think it will last because guess what? When Andy Dalton is sitting there at 2-2 two and two after four games and he's playing decent and Justin Fields looks phenomenal in practice and you start to hear the rumblings about you're going to get fired and all this and that – you know, or even if you're what if you're one and three, Fields is going right in the game. I mean, there, there's no way Matt Nagy wanted to trade up for Fields, knowing that his job's on the line, and and just to have him develop him for somebody else it doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah, um, the young quarterback there, the rookie quarterback, most likely starting most of that season for the Bears, is going to help David Montgomery, in my opinion. And I also think that Justin Fields will be more dynamic right out of the gates than Andy Dalton. So if you're if you're more dynamic as a passer, right, and, the, and the, that means more explosive plays for the passing offense, that's going to help the running game and vice versa. So David Montgomery, to me, is a very profitable player to draft in the third round. 
Miles Sanders is the next guy I'm going to talk about here. He's going as the RB18, okay? So when you look at it on a season-long standpoint, he finishes the RB16. So there's a little bit of profit there, but it's nothing crazy. However, when you consider the fact that his offensive line was mainly decimated last year, I mean, they were playing guys that, that would really not necessarily had any business playing in the NFL in terms of starting. And over his final three games, Miles Sanders, he averaged over 103 yards from scrimmage per game. And he was the RB7 in that time at 17.8 fantasy points per game. So Miles Sanders now with a healthy offensive line and maybe it, it could be a better offense in terms of like just a schematic change up and uh, could be better from that standpoint in terms of their new coaching staff and all that stuff. So to me, Miles Sanders is the clear RB1 in Philly. And yeah, they'll use some other guys or whatever. I get that. But he is going to play 60 plus percentage of the snaps. He's going to hopefully play behind a really good offensive line. And you've got another year of experience for Jalen Hurts. You've got better weapons in terms of wide receivers. I think Miles Sanders is a pretty solid value and a pretty profitable one at that. Number six, and this guy's going to surprise some of you, I believe, is Chris Carson. So he's being drafted as the RB19. All right. Chris Carson finished the last season as the RB8. Over the final five games, he averaged 16 touches a game for about 88 yards per game. He averaged 4.7 yards a carry in that time and a whopping 9.4 yards per reception. So that's legitimate receiving skills. That's something we didn't really know about Carson up until recently, last year or two. And um, in my opinion, there's no real threat to him in that backfield. You know, like in terms of a guy that's going to come in and, and take over the lead back role. I don't, I don't think there's any way. I think Carson is a at least 60 plus percentage of the snap kind of guy. And I also believe that with the way Russell Wilson kind of struggled down the stretch last year, I think we'll see at least a little bit more of that. Let's pound the rock a little bit here in Seattle and kind of use the run game to help the pass game and vice versa. So I, I not that they're not going to throw the ball at all, but they're definitely going to run, in my opinion, a little bit more consistently all year long. And and we cannot overlook the fact that the Seattle Seahawks traded for Gabe Jackson. You know, the offensive line should be better, especially in terms of running the football. Like they're going to be a pretty nasty offensive line for in that regard. So Chris Carson, I like him in terms of a profitable player that you can get pretty much in the fourth round. So I, I don't mind that at all. All right, let's talk about some receivers now. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Justin Jefferson. So Jefferson is being drafted as a wide receiver nine, and he finishes a wide receiver 10 last season overall, right? So it's not necessarily from that standpoint profitable. However, over the final eight games, he was the wide receiver four, averaging almost 16 and a half fantasy points per game. The reason that to me is so important is because rookies typically slow down over the latter part of the season, right? It's like they hit that rookie wall and they kind of slow down. He did the opposite. And I think that when you look at what he did in terms of 1,400 rushing yards, I'm sorry, receiving yards as a rookie is pretty incredible. He only had three touchdowns over the first nine games. Okay. He finished with seven touchdowns. So he had four over the final um, seven games or whatever it was. So like, I think that even if his yards go down a little bit. I think that his touchdowns will go up. I think that maybe he takes a couple of touchdowns away from Adam Thielen this year because Thielen's been such a weapon for the last two years in terms of just catching touchdown passes. So I think Justin Jefferson, again, going in the third round is the wide receiver nine. In my opinion, that's a profitable uh, endeavor because I think he's going to finish at least top six. So there's the profit margin I'm talking about. Number eight is Robert Woods. So he's finished, Robert Woods last year finishes the wide receiver 15. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 19, 
And now you've got Matthew Stafford there instead of Jared Goff. So look, the offense last year was not very good. I think Sean McVay is going to learn from whatever mistakes he feels like he made last year in terms of play calling. And he's also got an upgrade at the quarterback position, an upgrade as a running game in general, because Cam Akers is going to be a bad man, in my opinion, in year two. So the whole situation there with the Rams is better. And I think Woods being able to finish as a wide receiver 15 last year alone shows you that he's capable of being that guy again. I think he's the top 12 receiver this year to be honest with you i really believe robert wood's gonna have a big year there with matthew stafford and company jameson crowder is the next guy i want to talk about he's being drafted as the wide receiver 52 the 52nd receiver okay he just restructured his contract so he's not going anywhere he's staying with the jets which i was surprised he even took that deal but i guess he wants to stay there he finished last year as the wide receiver 18 again this is in half ppr fantasy points per game he most likely upgraded at the quarterback position upgraded along the offensive line, upgraded in terms of schematically, and it just overall supporting cast. you got Denzel Mims with another year of experience. You've got Corey Davis added there. I think Jamison Crowder is going to be a safety blanket for Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be a guy. He really is the, the most veteran guy in that receiving court. He's not old or washed up by any means. I think he's going to be a really important piece to what that offense is this year, especially with Zach Wilson's development. It's kind of easier to throw the ball to your slot receiver, especially when you know that slot receiver is going to separate. He's going to uncover and he's going to make some things happen after the catch as well. So Jamison Crowder, in my opinion, will be a very big part of this Jets offense this year. And to have him as the being drafted as a wide receiver 52 is just completely insane to me. He literally finishes the eight wide receiver 18 last year. So, yeah, Jamison Crowder, to me, I had to mention him because he could be one of the most profitable guys in the entire draft this year, to be honest. Next guy is Brandon Ayuk, my guy from the draft of, uh, I believe it was 2019, right? He was a rookie last year, 2020 draft then. So he's being drafted as a wide receiver 27. Last year, he finished as the wide receiver 16 right behind Robert Woods. From weeks 7 through 16, Ayuk was the wide receiver 6. And what's happened to San Francisco in terms of like their supporting cast? Well, they've lost some guys, right? Kendrick Bourne, they've lost some, some pass catchers, okay? So I think that most of the time you guys hear me say, well, it's a benefit for fantasy guys to to lose, I mean, to gain playmakers around them because it makes it easier for them to get open. Kyle Shanahan is a guy that's going to find ways to get Ayuk and Debo Samuel involved and just no matter what, right? So if they're the only two guys that catch passes, he'll still find ways to get those guys the ball. So I'm, he's kind of the exception to the rule there. So in this case, I think that it might actually work in Ayuk's favor that there may be less there in terms of guys to throw the football to to take some of the uh, targets away from him. So in this case, I actually like that. And by the way, he was the wide receiver six over the, from week seven through 16, and that's including his final game of the year against Arizona where he had just one catch for 15 yards. So he was really doing his thing there up until I think he got injured late in the year or whatever. But Brandon Ayuk, to me, pretty profitable there in terms of uh, taking him as the wide receiver 27. I think that's a steal. Next guy is Brandon Cooks. Now, this is a bit more risky because of the questionable quarterback situation there in Houston. Um, but Brandon Cooks being drafted as wide receiver 36 to me is pretty much a guaranteed profit, right? Because if you get him at the wide receiver 36, you're getting a guy that last year finished as the wide receiver 29. So 
that's some profit there. However, the most profitable part to me is how he finished, right? He was the wide receiver nine over the final eight weeks of the year, averaging almost 15 fantasy points per game. And when you look at the fact that Will Fuller's gone, that's going to open up ideally more targets for him. I think they'll run the ball a little bit more, hopefully a little bit more effectively to kind of balance that loss of Fuller out there. But game flow is once again going to be something where it's in their favor, right? Like Cooks might be a guy that doesn't do shit over the first half of games, but when they're down by 14, 17 points in the third, fourth quarters, it's just, you're going to get some cheap yards there, in my opinion. So, um, yes, his, we would all like Deshaun Watson to be there. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that, but if, if quarterback competency is there in Houston, I think that Brandon Cooks is going to return serious value on being drafted as a wide receiver 36. So, yes, that is, in my opinion, a pretty profitable player there. Last guy I want to talk about is going to be Chris Godwin. And I know I'm not really a huge fan of these Tampa Bay wide receivers because they just have so many, right? It's like it's good to have balance in terms of, you know, fantasy efficiency or whatever. But in Tampa, they're pretty damn balanced all over the place. So it could be a new guy every week. However, Godwin is being drafted as the, um, I believe it's the wide receiver 16. And wait a minute. I didn't even, for some reason, I lost my notes on this. But he's being drafted as wide receiver 16. Over the final eight games, he was the wide receiver 12. Okay, so Godwin is a guy that if I'm drafting anyone from that Tampa Bay offense i'm drafting godwin in terms of uh i mean I, I like brady in the eighth round or wherever he's going but in terms of receivers i think that godwin could be just because of that role right the big slot role in bruce arian's offense you're good they franchise tagged him so the word intent is going to be in his favor in terms of how they intend on using him and i think that chris godwin is just going to be the guy that is easiest to come by volume right the, the issue with mike evans there is like yeah, he's going to be he's going to have those big games or whatever, but the volume is probably going to be a little bit inconsistent with God when I think it'll be the most consistent. I could see him catching 80, 90 passes this year. So to me, getting him as, you know, in ter- drafting him as wide receiver 16, I believe is going to be a pretty damn good value and pretty profitable endeavor overall, most likely probably a like pretty high floor guy not necessarily maybe the highest ceiling in terms of a uh, season long. So anyways, that's going to be it for this podcast, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. And um, I will be back tomorrow with another one. Peace.